Hello, I'm Simon. And I'm Dan. And this is The Wispy Cast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article and we whisper about what we find. Daniel, what are we whispering about this week? This week, Simon, we're whispering about the mighty echoes. The mighty echoes. Yeah. Now, I should point out that the reason we are whispering is because I have the newest member of the Wikicast family on my chest right now. That's right, Dan and I had a baby. We proved those doctors wrong, Dan. Yeah, frighteningly so. They said we were wasting our time. (laughs) And the reason I'm whispering um, is because it's fun. Yeah, (laughs) No need to whisper whatsoever. No, no, she can't hear you whatsoever. I've got headphones in, but uh, I I feel like you're in solidarity with me here. (laughs) Absolutely, always. Also, I can't really laugh because if I laugh, I would definitely wake her up. And Pixel Wife is currently in the next room, having had an awful night's sleep, because Pixel Baby refuses to sleep at the moment, and I am desperately trying to give her as much time as possible. Oh, gosh. Because we're using an app to track everything, obviously, like, you know, me loving data. Yeah, STEM, right. <laughs> and, yeah, bloody STEM students, all your data. Um And uh, it's an app called Huckleberry we've been using. So I can tell you that she's been Wow, she's been asleep for nearly two hours. Good effort. It also has been four and a half hours since her last nappy change. So I probably have some baby poop slash pee, definitely pee, on my chest. Nice. Hopefully somewhat contained. Um, Fergus, if you could just do a little edit there. And and, uh, as a new email ringtone, I'd like Simon saying, definitely pee on my chest. That would be really nice. (laughs) Thanks. Oh, no, you bastard. <laughs> Definitely pee on my chest. <laughs> no, this is going to be so hard. Oh, God. Okay, um, right. The mighty echoes have been resonating through uh, the Pixel house. Everything in my life is a pixel, by the way. Like, I have Pixel Wife, Pixel mm. Baby. I guess I have a Pixel house. Maybe you're just, like, short-sighted. <laughs> Get some specs. Yeah, or I'm always looking through one of those doors with a knobbly glass. Everything just looks... Uh, <laughs> Look like it's made out of pixels. Yeah. So yeah, cries have been echoing through our house for a while. But what is this article about, Dan? Well, as you probably knew, and I'm sure many of of the readership already know, the Mighty Echoes are an American a cappella doo wop quartet. Doo wop from Los Angeles, California. Oh my goodness me! That's exciting. Yeah. The group was formed backstage at the Olio Theatre in Silver Lake, California, during the production of Harvey Shields' 1986 musical 1284 The Pied Piper. Right. Formed backstage. In other words, they found just a bunch of guys who could sing and put them together. Yeah. Yeah. They went on to appear on many TV shows, including Frank's Place, Family Matters, Brooklyn Bridge, Murphy Brown, a stint as Tony Danza's high school singing group on Who's the Boss and recent appearances on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Hold me closer, Tony Danza. Indeed, right? This is glorious. I'm looking on their Spotify right now and they last released an album in 2013. They released an album called Acapella Cool and looking at the album cover, I can tell you, Dan, that it is in fact very not cool. It's four elderly guys in leather jackets wearing sunglasses uh, mm. in some kind of power pose. It's very not cool. <laughs> Fittingly, in that same year, they also released the Bombshell album Do Wop Around the Christmas Tree. <laughs> no. Um, which I'm sure is just as good as it sounds. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the... I mean, I, I could listen, but I'm not going to because I, I don't want to. <laughs> like, 
I love acapella music. I just don't. Doo wop is not something that particularly appeals to me. I won't. Lie. Actually, speaking of acapella music, did you see that? Um, and Christmas albums. Did you see that Vodges Eight have just released a new Christmas album? I did. Yeah, I did. I think I. I think I scrolled past it on Instagram. I'm going to have to do a, a Pyrian flax. I need to get the doorbell. One sec. Hold the fort. Okay. Sure. Well, readers, I guess it's just you and me. I think that I think this uh, this whole whispering lark sort of has legs. I, I, I'm not kidding for a second that I'm not aware of the ASMR sort of popularity, but I don't know. I think there's something about discussing obscure Wikipedia articles and leaning close into the microphone. It's very Radio Four. All right, I'm back. Just to finish off the thought that I was saying before, um, yes, Vultures Eight just released a new Christmas album. And I'll be honest, mm. I think it's a bit of an L. Oh, really? I just... It doesn't spark joy. No. No, Pixel Baby, it doesn't. Why do you, why do you think it doesn't spark joy? Um, I mean, I've, I have to admit, I dipped in and out of the tracks because none of them... I mean, Vodges 8 have a pretty good track record of having some jangly keys, some bangers to draw you into an album. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it is stuff that maybe you're not familiar with, which is good. You want that in an album. Yeah. But when I listened to the tracks that I did recognise, just something about it just didn't... It felt... I mean, Vodges 8 has always been overproduced, but it was particularly just like, I don't know, bland. Mm. Yeah, wasn't, I just wasn't a particular fan of this, which is a bit disappointing because I do like their um, their stuff. That is disappointing. Well, I'm sorry to hear it. But, um, you know, I've got, I've got plenty going on in my life right now, Dan. I, <laughs> acapella albums really? are not high on my priority list. <laughs> why, why might that be? Oh, it might have something to do with the, the piss that's on my chest right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it truly is. We're, we're moving into that festive time of the year, aren't we? Mm. Piss on chest and... Piss on chest <laughs> season. <laughs> Miss Phoenix, a throwback there. Lovely. <laughs> I was trying to think of chest piss roasting on an open fire. Uh, Dear. There's something in that, I'm sure. <laughs> Tell you what, Dan, having a baby is weird. Like, I mean, obviously, it's, yeah, I'm sure. it's miraculous and it is the most incredible thing I've ever seen, like the actual process of birth. But having a baby for like the first, because she, at the time of recording, she's five weeks old. Which is why, by the way, in case people weren't aware, that's why we haven't released an episode in a little while, because I've been scrabbling to look after you know a family but like in the first month the weirdest thing has been i've been uh oh sorry don't know if you could hear that she was just like starting to stir like when i sleep even if i'm sleeping in a different bed which we have been sometimes just so i can get a good night's sleep Mm. i keep jolting awake in the middle of the night because i think that I'm crushing the baby. Mm. Like, and it's so weird. It, it's happened, it happened every night for the first couple of weeks where like, I thought that the pillow was the baby or I needed to uh, like look after her or hold her. I'd fallen asleep holding her. It's just so mm. weird that like your brain is yeah. on like ultra high alert for the entire time. I mean, it must be a, you know, a powerful emotional response to say the least, you know? So I guess no wonder it's sort of bleeding into subconscious yeah and goodness knows what it's like for pixel wife who i want to the record state has been an absolute superhero she's just been extraordinary um Mm. natural i mean i I was going to say the what i was going to say then was she's a natural mum but that kind of makes it sound like it's been easy which it hasn't been she's just worked really hard Mm. and has been especially on the breastfeeding front been putting in so much effort and um you know the baby is uh is doing wonderfully as a result but it is 
difficult. You know, it's it's not easy. Yeah, I bet. But speaking of strong emotional responses, you met Pixel Baby the other week. I did. I did indeed. And it was, yeah, I mean, I completely concur. The, the, the most beautiful, precious little thing I think I've ever seen. Unbelievable. And she was on Best Behaviour. She was. Um, she was an absolute star. So we should probably explain. This was um, our good friend Michael Graham. Mickey Graham, as we like to call him. Mm. Forever in our hearts. Yeah, RSVP. He had his 10-year anniversary of being the head of the University of Exeter Chapel Choir, where Dan and I met and, and sang together. And um, there was a big concert and a big gathering that was happening down in Exeter, and, and Pixel Wife and I decided that, you know, we, we, think, we, we thought we could take care of the baby on a trip and we'd stay overnight. And we went to down to Exeter and arrived a little bit before the concert and thought, right, this is a big deal for, for Mickey Graham and we didn't want to steal his thunder. So what we thought is we'd wait right up until the very beginning of the concert and then we nip in at the back so that people wouldn't be distracted by us. Uh, except what happened was we rounded the corner at about two minutes to six before the concert started and um, who was outside of the chapel, Dan? <laughs> Oh gosh, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. I mean, wasn't it sort of basically everybody? It was basically everyone. <laughs> we, yeah, we rounded the corner, and like a hundred people were there. Who, I mean, obviously, lots of our friends who we haven't seen for a, a while immediately flocked around the pram, <laughs> including Michael. And it was just like, yep, just like nice surreptitious entrance here, guys. We are <laughs> making sure that we don't steal Michael's thunder and the baby stays asleep. Mm. But then she did, bless her, in an incredibly loud concert, stay asleep for the entire time for the 45 minutes of excellent music, by the way. Well sung. Thank you. The one exception to that was Eric Whitaker's piece Sleep, in which she woke up and started grousing. So, mm. you know, I guess she just has good taste. Yeah, well, exactly. What we can establish there is that she has really exceptional taste. Um, yeah, Whitaker. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Eric, if you are listening, um, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, your song, so-called sleep, had <laughs> the opposite effect. <laughs> she slept through I was glad <laughs> she literally mm. slept yeah through. which which takes takes some doing because i mean the sheer volume was extraordinary yeah it was quite something that was a wonderful weekend that was brilliant yes I, as i understood though it was interesting actually that the uh, reverend hannah uh, the lazenby chaplain at exeter university uh, allowed michael and the scholars to have a party in the chapel yeah after the concert you know we had a fish and chip van turned up and then um obviously pip's wife and i we retired to what was meant to be an early night, dependent on how baby was sleeping. But you stayed in the chapel until about midnight. Yeah, I think it was certainly something like that. And then we went clubbing, um, <laughs> which was really extraordinary. The, the highlight of the party in the chapel, however, was Michael's replacement as lay clerk at Exeter Cathedral, mm. a lovely, lovely chap called Jack, not only is completely brilliant and a phenomenal musician and organist and composer and you know a whole host of things he sort of moonlights as a dj in his um free time yes so he came into chapel and dj'd and he looks the part which is amazing he looks like if you imagine so cool if you imagine in your heads dear reader a a, oh sorry pixel baby are you trying to add to the conversation um if you imagine a lay clerk at a cathedral someone who sings music day in day out but also a DJ, but like a young, cool DJ. Mm. Yeah, you pretty much got it. That image in your head, that is what he looks like. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's very good. My favourite part, my favourite part of the weekend was the following morning. We went for brunch and um, ah, yes. you came in somewhat late, sat down, immediately ordered a Bloody Mary. 
Yeah. Well, it was necessary. I mean, what the, the brilliant thing about that is that I think that I sort of kicking down the floodgates encouraged everybody else to think, actually, you know what? It's totally fine just to continue festivities. Mm. I had a Bloody Mary and a glass of fizz. And then we went straight to the pub <laughs> and continued on our, on our merry way until... Michael had to leave and say he had to go and rehearse the choir for Eucharist that evening. So oh, Ridley yeah. and myself decided to stay in Exeter. Bearing in mind, we both had work on Monday morning and we didn't get back into Westminster until about half past midnight. And the Monday at work was probably the hardest, probably the hardest day at work I've ever done <laughs> out of sheer <laughs> exhaustion. It didn't help that the train was sort of a deliberately, it was, it was a stupidly long train and delayed. So we, 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 we ought really not to have got back into London so late. But uh, yeah, it was, um, it was a challenge. Well, I mean, I've barely spoken to you really since then. I mean, what have you been up to, Daniel? What's been happening? Well, I mean, I've been, ve- I've been a very busy boy doing work, which is, you know, progressing reasonably well. I've had a couple of interesting things on my calendar, actually. The most sort of notable, I suppose, of which is I finally had my LPC graduation at the Barbican in London. Yes, we posted a picture on our Instagram of you crossing the stage. We did indeed. Yes, indeed. Which was a very jolly day. Um, I enjoyed that thoroughly. Just another opportunity to sort of dress up, which um, I'm, I'm sort of into. I wanted to ask about that. Where did you get the robes from? Because they're not easy to find in such a small size. Well, this is the thing. What I did is I just bought regular sets and I did a couple of hot washes and dries and shrank them. <laughs> uh, you know, just sort of. And, and, and then any of the sort of, if I needed to do any... Uh, oh, we've got noises. Yeah, noises. I think she may be waking up. Uh, coincidentally, gosh. my wife has just stuck her beautiful head around the door and is basically gesturing at the baby. <laughs> yes. Wait a minute, she's trying to communicate something, gesturing at the baby, gesturing at her, her chest... Oh, do you want to feed her? Or are you just showing off? Okay, yes, yeah, I think you should probably take her. <laughs> so this is now an involved process where I need to take off the sling. So for, for viewers at home, I have baby chest, like face onto my chest, as if she is Spider-Man splatted into a building. Uh, and now I've got to try and take off the straps and not drop the baby. Uh, wait, oh, ah. Oh, uh, yes, yep. And if I go... Whoop, look. There's a baby. Oh, you look like Winston Churchill. She is very red in the face. Thanks, mate. Oh, the baby, right? Got you. Yes. Yeah, I think she definitely needs a nappy change. Yeah, over to you. Thanks, mum. Thank you. Love you. Love you. It's okay. Oh, Christ, my back. Okay, right. Handover has been completed. Amazing. Well done. It's quite extraordinary how many muslins, meaning, you know, just like little cloths you get through when you have mm-hmm. a baby. Like, I think that was yesterday we must have got through three or four. Because, like, basically, babies can't keep their food down. As soon as we lay her on her back, she just kind of bleh. And yeah, sure. <laughs> it's this immediate, just like, it, there's no force behind it whatsoever. It just falls out of her mouth. And it's like, I, vent- I think we should just invest in one of those, you know, those like big catering rolls of like kitchen towel, where it's just a huge roll that's mounted on a wall. I think we should just get that, but for the muslin cloth, like, yeah. it's extraordinary how many you get through. But anyway, so, so yes, you, you, you had your graduation. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very jolly. I then also, quite excitingly, in my capacity as someone who does things with and sits on committees for the Cathedral Music Trust, Mm. I was invited to Hampton Court Palace to hear the premiere of the Coronation Canticles written by Gabriel Jackson. 
So were there any royals in attendance? Sadly not. However, all going well, going to be with some royals on Thursday next week. Oh? Namely the Duchess of Gloucester. Duchess of Gloucester. Uh, we're going to have to look up who that is. <laughs> I'm a terrible English person. It's actually, hang on now, is it the Duchess of Gloucester? Let me just check. Birgit? Birgit? That's not a real name. Yes. Oh, she's Danish. She's really lovely. And she is the royal patron of the Cathedral Music Trust. I will also be hanging with Alexander Armstrong. Legend. And Sir Harry Christophers, which will be jolly. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Yeah, because that's a big service in Westminster Abbey. And I am going as one of the future leaders and finance and audit committee people. But they, they wanted a sort of full complement of CMT people to attend. So I'll be going to hear Evensong and then there'll be a lovely reception afterwards and that should all be very nice. So that's on Thursday. Get you schmoozing. That's very that's very cool. Well, you know, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> in in one sense. <laughs> Tell you what wasn't a big deal though. Mm. These bloody coronation canticles. Oh really? Yeah, they really weren't that well so I really like Gabriel Jackson's music, and I think he himself, if you look him up, Gabriel Jackson composer, he is a very cool dude. Right, so Gabriel Jackson. Oh, I say. Uh, this is the guy who said, right. Oh, he was born in Bermuda. Yeah, there's a photo of him in the, in the lovely glossy book that acted also as the Order of Service. There's a very cool photo shoot that they did with him in the chapel of Hampton Court Palace. And it is amazing. He's been like whoever's done his outfit and he's got quite a lot of rings on. He's got some tats on on show. That's tats, readers. And he's got his big beard and his baldy head and he looks great. And I really like great, his music. Big bushy beard. Yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know whether it was the acoustic of the building or it's, it's quite a... There's only three lay clerks on each side at Hampton oh. Palace because the chapel is quite small. Right. And then maybe, I don't know, between six and eight choristers on each on each front row. So maybe it just sounded a little bit underpowered and maybe that combined with the nature of the like, like the texture of the music. I don't know. I, it just didn't do much for me. Fortunately, they sang Sidney Campbell's Sing We Merrily, which is a banger. Oh, I don't think I know so, that one. Um, mm. my, part, my partner came with me as, a, as my sort of guest to the premiere and even song. And the service finished, the organ voluntary finished, and she turned to me and said, so what did you think? And I said, well, I thought the anthem was very nice. <laughs> but the, yeah, the canticles themselves, I don't know, they didn't do, they didn't do masses for me. I'd be very surprised if they make their way into the common repertoire. The, I think if they do, it's likely because they are the coronation canticles and that comes with a little bit of sort of prestige. Mm. But for the music themselves, I don't know, I, I didn't enjoy it massively but maybe sung by a different choir in a different space it, I, I imagine it would be a totally different experience so yeah it's hard to say so what you're saying is it's not your choral piece of the week it's definitely not my choral piece of the week however my choral piece of the week is very interesting well pray tell and this will be my piece of the week drum roll please so this is a recommendation or an introduction again from my uh, my partner who's a very very awesome person generally but also 
a brilliant soprano and is just absolutely doing amazingly. And I'm incredibly proud of her. Are you familiar with Caroline Shaw? I know the name. I can't think where from, though. Well, I couldn't really. She's an American composer. And this particular, my piece of the week, they are, there's, there's four movements and it's called Caroline Shaw's Partita for Eight Voices. Right. Okay. And it's bonkers. Oh, wow. She looks a lot like our friend Sally LePage, I've just realised. Interesting. Caroline Shaw, Partita for Eight Voices. Indeed. It was composed for the vocal group Roomful of Teeth. I mean, they're an amazing, amazing ensemble. But she, uh, Shaw said the piece was inspired by Sol Lewitt's uh, Wall Drawing 305 and our basic desire to draw a line from one point to another. It's very, very sort of modern and sort of abstract, I would say. Mm. It's sort of, there is, there are actual sung notes, but in addition to that, there's lots of spoken words and phrases and breath and sort of other um, more unusual vocal production. It's really cool. It sounds it, yeah. I like it a lot. I believe it may have won a Pulitzer Prize. I didn't even know they did them for music. Wow. I, I mean, I've got it up on Spotify yeah. right now. I will um, have to give it a listen. Yeah, the 2013 Pulitzer Prize winner in music. Did not know that they gave a Pulitzer Prize for music. <laughs> that was news to me. Yeah, it's really interesting. A highly polished and inventive a cappella work, uniquely embracing speech, whispers, sighs, murmurs, wordless melodies, and novel vocal effects, which, seeing as how we started this podcast episode, mm. I think is quite fitting. Oh, God, he's good. It's tied it all together. Wow. Look at that, in a, in a neat bow. <laughs> the Courant movement is amazing, but I highly recommend you listen to, I mean, to all of it, because it's, it's so unusual. It's unlike anything I've ever heard. It's brilliant. Yeah, the movements, the, these are all dancers, because these are also, mm. apart from, oh, I'm not sure, but at least three of them are all also the names of movements from the Suites for Solo Cello by Bach. So the Alaman, Saraband, mm. Courant, and the Pasakai. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I will. I'm, I'm intrigued. You've charmed me, Dan. I will give this yes. a listen. Well, yeah, give it a, give it a go. I think it's very cool indeed. Actually, I mean, I've been doing a lot of singing recently. I've got to say, I've been singing a lot to oh, yes. baby. I've been singing a lot of the longest Johns to the baby. Nice swashbuckling child in the making. Well, I think, I think what it is is that it's the repeated structure. It's the fact that it's like quite small subunits that then just you repeat mm. over and over again and I, I mean ultimately I don't think she can really tell anything apart from there's a noise like at the very early week early weeks you know they can tell if there's a loud noise or a quiet noise they can't and I think they can tell if it's a human voice or not but that's about it I am probably been just wasting my time singing to her but I've been enjoying doing it and it's made me feel better mm -hmm. so shout out the longest Johns uh, Pixel Wife has basically banned Bones in the Ocean from our house because I've sung it so many times what else have I been singing? Oh, I sung. I've, I've <laughs> I got her to sleep once with "Springtime for Hitler" from <laughs> the producers. Very good, very good. Well, I just I, I like she doesn't know the words. She's listened to the Book of Mormon. She's listened to to the producers. Gosh, I don't know. To, I mean, the the most foolproof way to get her to go to sleep is just talking about Warhammer. There was a night. I think it was actually the night we were next to uh, Pixel Wife. Just could not get her to go to sleep, so she passed her over to me. I just did. I did laps walking around the um the hotel room just talking about the different armies in Warhammer and she was out in like five minutes so you know yeah, nice. that's good to know that that's a strategy an unsurprising strategy and what about the baby yeah <laughs> <laughs>
But in Critics Corner, you know, normally we sort of critique things that we've been watching or reading. Um, I've, I mean, I'm doing a lot of watching. Mm-hmm. Have you have you come across anything uh, recently that you would like to critique? Because I haven't watched a film, for example, in a very long time. Um, oh, yeah. I certainly watched, I rewatched The Exorcist with Hugo and Ridley. Fine. Because, you know, you've sort of got to do that. Yeah. Brilliant, obviously. I then, I think, solo watched The Pope's Exorcist with Russell Crowe. Oh, yeah, I heard about this, yes. Thoughts? Yeah, hilarious film. (laughs) Absolutely hilarious film. Intentionally? No, I don't think so. (laughs) Um, It's just really, really silly. Yeah, it was just hilarious. It was really funny. And then, I suppose, other than that, the new season of Loki. Oh, because I enjoyed the first season. I haven't watched the new one. Yeah, it's good. I really like it. I think it's awesome. I'm really enjoying it. And I think other than that, I think that's sort of it, really. I haven't been watching a great deal of stuff. I finally caught up on, like, 12 episodes of Hat Films' Minecraft series. Oh, nice, yeah. Which is just the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, I was I was lying in bed watching it one evening after work and just cackling like a drain, you know. It's real vintage YouTube, you know. It's, yeah. it's This is the stuff that we so used to watch funny. when we were it's together. Just, yeah, yeah, it was... I mean, it's just amazing. And, uh, you know, proper laughing because, you know, immature and silly, but it's it's brilliant. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, otherwise, I haven't been doing a great deal of um, watching or or listening. I've just been quite busy. Um, How about you? Basically, the way that our sort of childcare has worked... Whilst I was on paternity leave, because I took a month off, was I would Mm -hmm. be in charge of Pixel Baby from, say, nine at night till about one and I'd have her in the sling yeah. and I'd just be watching stuff and then I'd normally do the same thing in the morning I'd wake up at like seven and then have her for a couple of hours so that I would basically sleep through for like six or seven hours and then Pixel Wife would be able to sleep for about the same but in two blocks whilst I was holding the baby so during those times uh, I watched I mean I, I tore through my YouTube watch later playlist like I think I had about a mm. hundred videos in it when I started and I've got fewer than 20 now and that's with new ones coming out over the over the month uh what have i enjoyed recently i enjoyed there's a great channel called miscast i found which is an australian youtube channel that does uh sort of hobby warhammer type stuff but very chaotic like Mm -hmm. really kind of casey neistat type type energy what else have i enjoyed um i had the poor hammer podcast also another another nerdy thing i was just looking through my youtube likes and i need to like more videos on youtube because these are not this is not representative of uh, what I've been watching. God, it's all just a blur, if I'm honest. Like, so much of what I've watched, pretty much everything that Hat Films have put out recently in the Yogs. And I was in I was in a battle report that the Yogs cast produced from for Games Night with my Hawaiian Orcs, which was really, really fun. Awesome. And people seem to like, which is nice. I've been listening to a lot of 99% Invisible, which is, I mean, excellent podcast about design. And they've had some really solid episodes recently that I've really enjoyed. I've been watching some Star Trek Voyager. Um, I'm halfway through, roughly. I'm in midway through season four. And that's... I mean, it's Star Trek. It's fine. It's perfectly acceptable middle-of-the-road entertainment, although we did just have an excellent two-parter called Scorpion, if people are familiar with Star Trek. Do you know anything about Star Trek Strange New Worlds? I only know in passing. I haven't watched it, because I think it's only available on the big streaming services. No, nor have I. I think it's on um, Thingy, isn't it? It's on... uh, Paramount Plus? Paramount Plus, yeah. It's the animated one, isn't it? it? Strange New Worlds. No, it's live-action. Oh, okay. It turns out I know less about it than I thought I did. <laughs> it's a prequel to the original series. Oh, it's so this you have one. Pike, Spock. Yeah, yeah. 
Is this the one that has Spock that's Chris Trot? Ethan Peck, yeah. It's Chris Trot, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to admit, New Trek just doesn't appeal to me. I think maybe part... Oh my god, whoa, hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. Ethan Peck is the grandson of the actor Gregory Peck. You're kidding! That's cool. Wow. That's so cool. Wow. That's an era... Wow, that's, what, what a family. What was I going to say? Yeah, I think part of the appeal of Trek to me is the nostalgia. I think I think partly I like it because it's what I used to watch when I was a kid and the effects and the pacing and everything, they're of a time. Like, you know, they're from the 90s in, in my specific case. Like, if, for the same reason that I don't get on, I don't enjoy watching the original series. I think it is actually quite specifically the era of television that it represents that I really like. So the new stuff just doesn't... I don't know. I'd be willing to give it a try if I had access to it, but I just just don't really care, <laughs> if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's quite a lot. There's Discovery, which apparently is awful. There's Strange New Worlds, and then there's the uh, Lower Decks. That's the animated one, which I'd be more up for trying. Sure. I'll be honest, Dan, the past like five weeks have been a... I mean, more than that. The past six or seven or eight weeks have just been a complete blur because we went past our due date. Our due date was the... 21st of September mm-hmm. and that came and went and then basically we, we went into the hospital to be induced which is they, they don't let you go past a certain point in the pregnancy because it's just dangerous for mum and so there was this weird limbo period of like even right going up to the the actual date like I hosted an event in Bath where Simon Sycom Con and there was a very real possibility that Pixel Wife was just going to give birth during it and I'd have to run yeah. and so that that whole month it just felt that the only way I can describe it is it felt like that time between Christmas and New Year's where you, you just kind of like I know I could be doing things but I don't particularly want to and I know there's some big stuff coming up and it's just like everything's in limbo and that lasted for like a month and then since then it's been so so like a blancmange of memories like it's just been completely overwhelming and intense mm-hmm. I mean the actual birthday I should probably b- b- just to briefly for the interviewer's interest uh, recount um, our, the birth was not exactly conventional um, obviously a lot of this is very private and it's a lot of stuff to do with Pixel Wife so I won't say too much but basically we had said that we wanted to have a water birth and we went down to the birthing suite after a 24-hour, approximately, labour. Like, the, the actual process of labouring is... People can look it up. It's very interesting. It's very long, and it's very different mm. to what you see in movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it, we had about a 24-hour period of kind of getting ready to the point where, okay, you can go into a birthing suite. And then being mm. told, right, you know, you've got this far, and it's probably going to be another four hours. And yeah. just and this was at like two in the morning and just being, you know, kind of despondent because we were exhausted. We hadn't slept in however many days. And mm. then Pixel Wife being in the birthing pool, in the bath, which is like basically it's... I didn't know this, but it's actually a form of pain relief. It's not really to... Mm you know, make the birth necessarily sort of safer or more comfortable. It's, it's, it's just to limit the amount of pain by immersing you in water. Mm. And she was told, yeah, can you... The midwife, and I, this is not to disparage the midwives at all at the IUH in Bath, they were wonderful, told, right, can you um, just stand up for a second, please, so we can put this monitor on you because we need to check baby's heart rate and everything. And she stood up in the pool and went, I, I think I can feel baby moving. Mm. And the midwife sort of bent over, checked stood back up and went, yeah, baby's head's here. And mm. 
then I, 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 the way I've described it to everyone is I, I heard the internet dial-up tone for mm. about two seconds and then Pixel Baby basically fell out. Like at no point mm. did Pixel Wife push. Like yeah. this baby was born amphibiously because she was kind of oh, out, wow. out of the water uh, above the bath. <laughs> and since that exact moment, I could struggle to tell you specifics of very much that's happened, like what, what I have read or listened to or mm. even even done, because it's just, it is completely overwhelming and it's wonderful and it's it's kind of the, you know, the, the best thing that's ever happened to me, but it is also completely exhausting. Yeah, sure. And I can highly recommend it with lots of caveats. It's been fantastic, but, you know, I suppose that that's what I'm critiquing this episode, Dan, is I'm critiquing having a baby has upsides and downsides, especially when it's one in the morning and they're just crying for no particular reason. Like, you'd think that there would be a reason, like, you're hungry or you need your nappy changed or you're uncomfortable. No, sometimes they just cry because they feel like crying and you've just kind of got to deal with that. And I found that really hard to cope with. But, you know, when they actually, you know, when they're asleep or they're looking at you all cute or especially at the moment, she's now got to the age where she's just about starting to smile. Like, we gave her a bath the other day and she definitely smiled, like, was enjoying herself. And that was like, oh, all these weeks of trial have been worth it. This is amazing. But it, the, the, everybody says the first three to five weeks are the, the hardest, like, because you just get so little back. You don't get the smiles. You don't get yeah. the positive feedback. And you're constantly feeding. And it's, it's been especially hard for Pixel Wife. You know, uh, the, the, they are really brutal, those early weeks. But now I feel like we are maybe just cresting into the bit where, like, oh, okay, this feels like it's, you know, a miracle now. Like, it feels much more worth it. <laughs> Not to sound ungrateful or anything. But yeah, it's it's been a trip the past how many, how many weeks. And yeah, I can't imagine. Actually, tell you what, the, other, the only other thing that I could critique reasonably would be I've been reading a lot of old White Dwarf magazines from Games Workshop because it, it was not planned at all, but my mum... My dropped a whole stack because I used to keep you know I used to get them when I was a kid like in the early 2000s now I kept them for no particular reason and my mum had a clear out of the house and said you're taking these I'm not going to be responsible for them anymore and mm -hmm. so they've just been sitting in a big pile in a cupboard and um, I've been reading them whilst I've been looking after baby late at night and it's just great I'd highly recommend if people have are lucky enough to have old hobby magazines or anything that you've been into for a long time. And if you still have the old stuff, go back and look through it because mm. it's a real nostalgia trip and it makes you, I don't know, it sort of makes you look through the, the, the hobby in a different lens. And it's been so long, you've forgotten all the battle reports and how they, how they end. Yeah. So you get to enjoy them all over again. <laughs> but yeah, it turns out over a six-week span or however long it's been, actually more than that, we don't have very much to critique. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's that's crazy, isn't it? I mean, I, 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 for various various reasons, I suppose. It, I mean, what I what I must say is that it's bloody nice to be back. You know, it is. I've missed I've missed this a lot. Yeah, it's not. We don't take gaps from this because we um, just feel like it. This 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 gap and yeah. previous gaps have been for very you know very good reasons outside of the pod. Yeah. But um, I think I speak for both of us in saying we are very much planning to to keep on going and do regular episodes going forwards. So like it or not, we're not going anywhere. Absolutely. Yeah, and thank you, thank you, readers, for your patience through these periods of sort of radio silence as Simon says it's always for a good reason but rest assured we uh, should be back to regularly scheduled broadcasting yes absolutely well we really should say a special thank you to a very special group of people Dan yeah we absolutely should <laughs> 
lad. Gosh, it's been a while since we've done this. It certainly has. Too long. Too long. Way too long. This is Patreon Corner. It's where we get to say an enormous thank you to those who support us on Patreon and enable this podcast to exist. Without your support, we couldn't pay our marvellous editor, Fergus. Uh, we couldn't pay for our hosting, which is really crucial. And yeah, we, we, a, whole, a whole host of plans, particularly now that Pixel Baby has arrived. We've got some exciting plans uh, uh, plans ahead. We have a whole load of posts to open, I should point out. like um, This whole time, I've been eyeing up the uh, pile of, pe- of things that people have sent to the PO box which we said in a previous episode, um, we were hoping to get Dan to Bath and record a video of us opening it all before the birth. And unfortunately, I I think we did get a date and something came up and I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it was a busy time. But rest assured, we have stuff and we want to do it. So, yes. And you can support our Patreon in a number of different ways, but the um, the two top tiers of people who support us are our top cats and top dogs, the people who believe rightly or wrongly in the chosen household pet, the greatest, of course, being cats. So I would like to thank the people who support us at the top cat tier, that being Lord Lewis Bassingdale of Annettsford and its surrounding provinces, Isabella, Lexi at Front Desk's Arch Enemy, James S, Anna Reifer, Nathan Flaherty, the Kyrene on Caffeine, Simon P, Jack Easton, Izzy CC, Nafi Iftikar, Christopher Betterton, Dame Valerie III, Layla Medina, Will Janice Humphreys, Rents Kirk, Oliver Burghardt, Colm Mansfield, Connor Leavers, and the one, the only, he's now 30 years old, Dan Hanvey. And I would like to say an amazing, huge thank you to those who support at Top Dog tier. Um, I am actually uh, recording this episode from home in Oxfordshire and I've been reunited with my lovely black lab, Fiverr, the golden boy, prince of dogs, um, (laughs) and it's marvellous. Thank you so much to Jay Wright, Ben McMurtry, Peter Reid, Codzo, Colin J. Brown, Lexi at Front Desk, Henry VII, King of England and of France, Lord of Ireland, Aaron Jorgensen, Naflarok, Andrian with an N, Chan, Ben Caples, Martin Narciso, Christian from the Alps, Lexi at Front Desk's boss, Amy Bonney, Sophie, Carnav, I'm stuck in a PhD and I blame Simon, Dan Nelson, <laughs> Riley Stray, and Gentle Grudge. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I take no responsibility whatsoever. Top lad. And we find ourselves down. I'm I'm very happy to say that we are in Corin's Pondent's Corner, my favourite part of the whole podcast, uh, because it's the part where we get to hear from you. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do so at spongyelectric at gmail.com. And you can join the ranks of readers such as Tom Withington. Tom has sent us an email saying, Simon's modelling career. Hi, Damon. Dan and Simon combined, as previously set out in a previous email. I was in Go Outdoors the other day looking for camping stuff. I know, a bit surprising given the weather this summer, when I was delighted to see that Simon has diversified his career and gone into outdoor activity modelling. See images below. Brackets, I know, bad email for a podcast, but good on you, Simon. All the best. Tom Withington, aged 5.00187617260788, Prince Louis. Brilliant. Oh my god, postscript. I'm still annoyed at Simon for getting Rage Against the Machine and System of a Down mixed up in episode 5. Yes, I've listened to the podcast for that long. Yeah, I'm cross too, actually. Come on, mate. Great Thorgrim, holder of grudges. I can't believe this. Wow, these photos are bizarre. They really look like you. They look like a more jacked version of me mixed with Tom Cruise and badly photoshopped. Yeah, it looks like a badly photoshopped you. But the hair is exactly the same. 
that annoying smile is exactly the same. That is weird. So what, what we're looking at here, there's two pictures we've been sent of a guy kayaking in a blue kayak. And I am not convinced that he's actually in the kayak at all. No. Like, I, I think that that is a picture of a kayak that's been taken in, like, a car park and then photoshopped onto a picture of some water. Yeah. In fact, I'm pretty sure I can see some Photoshop artifacts at the top of that picture. And then another picture, which is even more obviously photoshopped, Yeah. where it's like, all they've done is they've put in, like, a splash effect under one of the paddles. And then there's a guy in the kayak, and then it's like in, I don't know, Belize or somewhere. It's very strange. It's, it's uncanny. It's like, do you remember somebody made a fan video? I'll, I'll put, include it in the show notes. Years ago, somebody made us a fan video of us ice skating. Because there was an Olympic ice skater who looked like me, and they put your face over their partner. Do you remember this? No. Oh, hang on. Let me send this to you, because this is, this is deep Wikicast lore now. Hang on, I'll send this to you on Discord. One sec. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is frightening, isn't it? (laughs) I completely forgot about this. This was five years ago. Oh, my God. Good Lord. Yes. Simon's beard. Yeah, okay. All right. The thing is, I'm now looking at it, and I think my favourite part of this is is you as the dance partner in, like, the the Britney Spears crop top tied at the bottom. (laughs) Like, it kind of works. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, frightening again, frighteningly so. <laughs> well, that's lovely. Um, I think well, should we put though? Can we put those photos that's been sent on the uh, on the Instagram? Yes, uh, absolutely. Maybe I could try and recreate one of them. What What if I were to? Yeah, there you go. There's a little project for you for today. I need plenty of work. You know, I, I need more things to do with my time. <laughs> Let's see if I can make that happen. Oh God, sure, okay. <laughs> We have another email here from DFH, and the email is titled Wienerwald, The World Tour. Dear Clonk and Madge, <laughs> I'm getting in touch as when uh, reading my weekly semi-random paper, Wikicast, the topic of Eddie Burbank's restaurant tours came up. Legendary. I too watched these videos recently, and I, like you, was charmed by the completely insane achievement of eating at an exhaustive list of a chain's locations. Naturally, I also started to figure out an appropriately unhinged trip to achieve a similar goal. Let me first present you with the most important Wikipedia article for my blanket coverage diner. List of casual dining restaurant chains. This is a Wikipedia page. Oh my this is God. very, very good work, DFH. You're doing us proud. This is the list of casual dining restaurants sortable by number of locations. At 23 and 24 locations, you can find the Margaritaville and Rainforest Cafe entries. If you start scrolling up from there, looking out for funny names, one, chan- one chain stands out above all the rest. Wienerwald. Besides the obviously hilarious name, Wienerwald has two major advantages. It is located in Germany, so accessible by train, and Wikipedia quotes this as having 13 locations, a highly achievable number. Mm. The target is set and the game is on. After a quick Google, the facts shift ever so slightly. In actuality, there are 16 Wienerwald locations in Europe, three in Vienna, with the rest uh, crawling up through Germany and ending in Hanover. Using the ever-reliable, heavy sarcasm, Deutsche Bahn. Haben Sie gehört, das Deutsche Bahn? I, I, I can tell you, like, everybody in Germany, like, always shits on Deutsche Bahn. But if you're in the UK, Deutsche Bahn is held up as, like, the paragon of reliable rail. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's it's quite interesting. You can tell you can almost immediately tell where someone is from by how what they think of Deutsche Bahn. <laughs> 
using the ever-reliable Deutsche Bahn, uh, this journey can easily be achieved in one week. A week full of Wienerwald schnitzel, or for the fellow vegetarians, mid-tier salad. I stress, <laughs> to keep time, almost every meal, breakfast, lunch and dinner, must be eaten at Wienerwald. I would like to take uh, this pause to remind you that this trip is not for the food. It is for the absolute comedy of being able to answer yes without hesitation when asked if you've eaten at a restaurant chain without needing to know the location. An unlikely occurrence, I know, but imagine the scenes if this happened. To truly achieve this goal, however, we must address what really is the spanner in the works. Somewhat inexplicably, Wienerwald has an additional three locations in Cairo. (laughs) Cairo? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What? Ours is not to reason why, ours is but to do and die. We stride (laughs) onwards. (laughs) What the... Flights to and from Cairo appended to the trip skyrockets the carbon cost of this frivolity, which may not be acceptable to you, but an unscratched itch truly is the worst, and I hear the pyramids look nice from uh, this time of year. (laughs) I believe I have presented the framework for a true contender to the Burbank crown, international hijinks, manic timelines, and a heady tour of the best schnitzel chain restaurant the world has to offer. Bakerloo be damned. This is the one. Oh my God. <laughs> Get gallivanting and Godspeed, DFH. DFH, this is a brilliant idea and I'm determined to make it happen. I'd forgotten that we had that idea about the Bakerloo line. God, that was, that was pre-baby. Oh, wow. This is a lot. I'm not going to go into all this detail. There's there's, a, there's quite a lot in postscript. Rest assured, dear, DFH, we we will be reading this. But most interestingly, Simon, can I draw your attention to the breakdown? We've oh, I've done we've an itinerary. Given an itinerary. Yeah, we've got how the trains work. Oh my god! And the rough costs of these and times. This is <laughs> this is incredible work. What the hell? Amazing! Absolutely amazing. I mean, I. In theory, I am going to Vienna next year for a conference. I'm meant to be going in April next year. Yeah. It is. I, I, I'd have to veto going to Cairo. I'm not flying to Cairo just to go to a three Wienerwald. Why are they in Cairo? I've no idea. I've no idea. But, but we could certainly do the European one. Oh dear, oh dear. And apparently hilarious. The, the costing of doing that would be about £500. Yeah. Which is a business expense, absolutely, obviously. Yeah. Yep. I mean, this is, this is okay. extraordinary work. This is something to discuss. Um, I think this definitely has legs. I think Bakerloo needs to happen also. Oh, uh, yeah. But this sounds amazing. I mean, you know... Wikicast on the continent. The other one that caught my eye, I was looking down this list of list of casual dining restaurant chains. Incidentally, I don't know if you noticed, but on the, on the menu for this, it's casual, fast casual, nearly defunct, and defunct. I see. Which is an interesting selection. But I saw that Franco Manca, the pizza chain, is on here. Oh, yeah. They have about 40 restaurants, and they're all in the UK. Yeah. I mean... We could try and do that. I imagine the spread of these restaurants would make it really challenging and quite expensive. Uh, interestingly, they are all in England, apart from one in Cardiff, one in Glasgow and two in Edinburgh. So you'd group those together. There are 42 in London. Wow. Okay. Which is insane. Yeah, that is insane. Oh, no, sorry, there are 69 of them. Nice. Yeah. There's one in Exeter. I didn't know that. Yeah, there is. I've eaten there. It's very good. And I do love pizza. Is that... Okay, maybe we need to... This is extraordinary. 
absolutely extraordinary DFH. I think Dan and I may need to uh, discuss this. Mm. Oh, we surely will. And we also need to discuss one last email. And I cannot believe I'm saying this, Dan. We have an email from Dan Hanvey. No way. Subject line, when nature imitates art. I guess. It begins. You are joking. How the hell did you predict the John Rutter Memorial Home for Injured Swans? Oh my God, no. And there's a picture. No way. With news coverage of legendary composer John Rutter with the headline, I'm teaching swans to sing. (laughs) Apparently, he's a twitcher and likes birds. This is unreal. So for readers who might not recall, very, very early on Mm. in the Wikicast history, we jokingly established the charity, the John Rutter Memorial Home for Injured Swans. As to how we even arrived at this this creation, I have I've, no fr- idea. I have no idea. And frankly, I don't want to know because it, it would it's probably going to be frightening. You know, really, really frightening. Um, but but yes, I mean, Dan, Danver, you're absolutely right. Uh, wow, I want that framed. <laughs> Turns out, if you throw enough shit at a wall, some of it eventually sticks. <laughs> Yeah, that's unbelievable. What other predictions have we made that could possibly come true? I mean, God, no, we, with the amount of guff we've talked about, I have no idea. That's worrying, that's though. Right, yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, amazing. Thank you so much, Dan, for sending that in. Yeah, that's no awesome. words. No, no words. Thank you so, so much. No, I think that can also go on the Instagram. Yeah. Gosh, we've got a lot to get posting. To keep it there, you know. Yeah. In perpetuity. Well, Dan, what have we learned today? Simon, today we learned about the mighty Echoes, the a cappella doo-wop quartet from Los Angeles, California. We certainly did, and we talked about them for about a minute. <laughs> we did, yeah, which is, I think, maybe, you know, fractionally more than they might deserve, but... but yeah, but quite possibly. Uh, but, you know, we were, we were a bit distracted. We whispered at each other for a long period of time. That was very nice, actually. I enjoyed that. I, I introduced the readership to Pixel Baby, and you've heard a bit about yeah. um, her story. What she's actually—I didn't really say what she's like. She cries a lot. It's difficult to say what personality she has. I'll fill you in, yeah. readership, as and when she develops a personality. That's to come. That's to come. <laughs> um, we uh, we had a really amazing, I think, slightly sort of you know biased of me to say amazing, but um, Caroline Shaw's Partita for Eight Voices, mm. piece of the week. Highly recommend you check it out, and I would be surprised if you've heard anything like it. If you have heard something like it. Let me know. Yes. I mean, let us know in general. I mean, that's all for the episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can join the Discord. And if you'd like to see our faces, you can check out our Instagram, where apparently I'm posting a load of stuff this week. Obscure choral music recommendations, baby lullaby suggestions, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And we'll we'll see see you you next time. time. Boom, we're back, baby. Wow, that was fun. Right, good luck with that one, Fergus. Yeah, Godspeed. Godspeed, Spider-Man. Godspeed. I love you, (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. He was a hero. I just couldn't see it. This is my favourite thing to say to my partner, just at random points. If she's she's leaving the house early, I'll just shout down the stairs, I love you, (laughs) Spider-Man.